The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I'm not scared of clowns. I know a lot of people are. (laughs) Um, That was such a flick. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. everybody welcome to the sincast this is chris atkins and from cinemasins joined as always by the voice of cinemasins jeremy scott boom shakalaka and from music video sins barrett share oh it's spooky did you ever have the cds uh, with the spooky sounds that you would uh, oh records yeah yes. records how nice. old are we <laughs> there was a an old 1960s disney one that uh that we had and oh, nice. uh there was a more modern quote unquote at the time 80s one from disney <laughs> that we had um modern spooky sound yeah that's right uh it probably even said something to the effect of modern spooky sound you can play in the dark um, jamming on the one yeah that one from the '60s, no surprise, was the scarier one. Yeah, of course, of course. I bet. I bet. Uh, no, we didn't have very many scary sounds. We didn't. I. We didn't have any scary. We did a lot of Christmas music at Christmas time, but around Halloween, I think we went trick or treating, and then we had to go to the hospital to get our candy X-rayed. Mm. Um, remember that? Uh, do they, yeah, do they I still do, do that? Like they used I think to, they still do, even though it's a complete and total myth. Yeah, it's like uh, a fabrication. <clears throat> I can't tell if you're joking. No, dude, there was a... Okay, this is this is one of those weird places where the four-year age difference between us is probably showing up. Because this was when I was probably about seven, maybe eight. Man, this um, went on for a long time. I'm surprised Barrett didn't know about this. All right, then. Maybe it was... And that's, it can't be regional then, right? Well, wait, wait. Where did you grow up, Barrett? Did you grow up Yeah, I was, here? I was around here. Yeah, yeah. That's Nashville, what I thought. Man. No, yeah, man. Yeah, was... So they were afraid uh, people were putting needles and razor blades and candy and shit. I know that, so... but, but did you seriously go get it x-rayed? Absolutely, yes. We stood in line. The hospital opened up their x-ray thing for free and we would shuffle in and they would x-ray our candy and show you the x-ray and show you that there's no pins with diseases on them in your tootsie rolls and wow everybody's heard about the razor blades and apples and shit like that but i'd I'd never heard of the actual x-ray thing and and bless these people's hearts for not (laughs) not telling the parents this is stupid um, <laughs> my mom worked at that hospital and she still took us in to do it I don't think she thought it was stupid but yeah the x-ray people probably did wow. oh my god it's like it, like like can you imagine like you went you x-rayed like how many x amount of pounds of candy in one night or whatever didn't find any goddamn razor blades whatsoever and 
You know, Meanwhile, you would, the you dude would... with the broken leg is like sitting in the waiting room waiting. Yeah, for shit. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you would, you would, you would think that that you know the findings from the X-ray uh, from the from the previous night would make the news, right? Like, absolutely no razor blades were found. <laughs> You know, I mean, just think think about how difficult that would be to to implement. Uh, You know, like you're just pulling out like I don't know a hubba bubba or something and fucking throwing you know a razor blade in there and then making it look like it's not been not has a razor blade in it. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Really wrap that shit up and like glue the sides and everything. Yeah. Uh, um but no i don't think i ever had my candy x-rayed um because i was eating it that night um uh, (laughs) your mouth all full of blood (laughs) yeah 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 exactly my mine was filled with razor blades but it didn't matter (laughs) you actually Uh, requested the razor that's right that's right i actually yeah i actually asked for extra razor blades this is Uh, along the lines of did you guys also have the same time there was this whole urban legend that most of my friends believed that if a car coming towards you flashed your flashed their lights at you it might be a gang mm-hmm. and yeah, they're doing one. an initiation yeah. killing if you flash them back that's how yeah. they decide to kill you i don't think there's ever been any proven evidence of that but that was no. everywhere i live people were afraid of that there was a n- number of those uh i can't remember what what year that was there was something i think there was a what was that there was not only the flashy thing but there was some other initiation thing a myth that was going around around that time and how long ago was that i think i was in new york when i was hearing Ooh. about all these different like just random like they're looking for somebody random uh to you know and i can't remember what the whole uh process was but it was a huge scare for a long time that you know if you did this then this gang would do this and it's like and and the the police departments were like i don't know what you're talking about but. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so um we have a show today i think um yeah we do what uh we are going to be talking about uh you know because it's halloween and uh, we're going to be talking about scary movies we're going to yeah. be <laughs> talking about scary movies that's right And uh, and we thought that we would go over our favorites, uh, the modern favorites, the classic favorites, the franchises that uh, that wow us in the horror genre. Um, and uh, we also wanted to take a look at some of the horror movies of the last ten years too, as well. So uh, like some of our favorites from the last ten years, because horror has sort of been redefined modern yeah. horror yeah is uh is one of those you know when we used to have the modern horror guys on it was always they were always talking about horror movies that didn't fit the classic mold of horror they had horror elements in it but a lot of times these were like funny or they were mm. you know they had some sort of social commentary uh that that uh you know it, it's the modern horror is quite different but um anyway uh we figured we'd talk about uh, some of our favorites and all these uh, these different eras and everything. And uh, who wants to kick us off? I'll go first because Barrett. Uh, are we talking modern first? 
Sure. sure. All right. So a modern uh, then has nothing to do with bear. Uh, <clears throat> but I chose two uh, modern horrors that I like. Um, one I've already raved about here on this very pod, and that's spontaneous. Yeah. Um, which is almost the almost the definition of what you just said in terms of modern horror. It has elements of horror, but it has elements of romance. It has elements of comedy. Uh, it has science fiction elements, um, <clears throat> and uh, it even dabbles in like addiction and mm -hmm. um, yeah i'm wondering what imdb actually categorizes that that film as it's gotta know, be horror man. it's probably it, got it, it probably three is. genres on it yeah yeah probably yeah. But that, like horror that movie, comedy that, that movie hits you from every different angle uh that you can think of uh it yeah. isn't not since lock i think uh has a movie that jeremy has recommended like delighted chris and i <laughs> so yep. much. well it helps that Catherine langford is so fucking charming um mm -hmm. and you need somebody that charming in this role um to really pull the viewer in because it is a weird ride i think if you had a stilted performance there um somebody who didn't really go for it uh it might not all click together the way it does uh uh, and the other comedy, one, comedy, horror, and sorry to interrupt you, but comedy, horror, and romance uh, mm, are the yep. genres. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my other modern one that I really enjoy, um, that I was really surprised is how much I enjoyed it, is The Invisible Man. Yeah, uh, with Elizabeth Moss. Yes, Elizabeth Moss. There's a lot. There's so many Elizabeths. Mm -hmm. I'm always afraid I'm gonna get. There's a lot of Elizabeths. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of uh, Emmas. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, there are. I'm always afraid I'm going to get them wrong. There's a lot um, of Merrills. Right, Merrills. Right. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that movie is terrifying at times. And sometimes the terrifyingness has more to do with the relationship she's trying to escape than it does the actual horror scares and thrills. There's a psychological element to this film that really pairs well with uh themes of invisibility um and uh yeah i just feel like it has so many different layers you can just watch it on the surface level and it's it's a taut thriller uh that will scare you several times but if you if you want to dive into the deeper elements and themes of what's going on it all holds up super well and you can just check out that psychoanalysis pod that psycho a pod that i guessed it on several months ago um and uh listen to them talk about a movie like you, this you didn't do the invisible man you did ex machina right yeah but we did they, ex machina. But they did that podcast did invisible they man. did invisible man I'm, I'm probably misnaming it i'm almost positive it was them there's uh more insight than i can glean uh from people smarter than me but the movie has many many layers and it's awesome um it's the it's one of the first movies that I, rem I have seen where it's taken a trope in which uh, someone sees something and 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 uh, tells other people about it and is not believed mm -hmm. and has a double meaning. Mm. To, uh, uh, the, the horror trope of like, I saw this and that and it's fucking crazy and people are not going to believe you because it's fucking crazy to hear about that's a horror trope but it's all but in this one it's also about 
uh, spousal abuse, verbal, I don't know, physical, it was in, was in the, uh, was, was in the, uh, was in that movie, uh, for sure verbal. Was physical? Do we, do we remember physical? I think it's After heavily he turned implied. invisible, for sure, but I think it's implied. Yeah. I think yeah. I think it's implied. And, uh, and there's a big, huge scene with Elizabeth Moss, and in fact, had there been any sort of like i don't know what kind of campaign universal ran for that movie with the oscars and everything but the scene where she's at the kitchen table talking about her husband and like all all the stuff that he used to do uh should have earned her an oscar nomination mm. it's one Absolutely. of the um, one of the greatest scenes in, uh, of that year and in any horror movie for sure um but i always i i found that incredibly uh well uh made to 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 take that trope and sort of give it two sides two two uh uh i don't know two uh, angles of attack uh to not be believed because it's like that's the thing that you see in all ghost stories is like you know there's this ghost and everybody's like ghosts mm-hmm. but they're doing the same thing with spousal abuse whatever yeah you know so yeah um, i've now seen this I, movie probably five or six times uh after sleeping on it for a while um mm-hmm. and and it's one of those movies where uh it is dense and you should watch it all the way from the beginning but anytime i come across it at any point i'm going to sit down and watch the rest of it because all the acts are amazing that first sequence when she's trying to sneak out and has that plan is terrifying on its own. It's almost quiet placian, right? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. where she oh, has to very do much all is. this stuff, and then you have all the stuff where he's coming after. You have the technological thing, and then you have the trauma thing, and then you have that beautiful. I say it's beautiful. It's horrific. There's that little microaggression that I see from from the uh, the guy that's trying to hire her as an architect. Uh, where where he says, you know, she she studied in Paris, and he he says something like, "Oh, is that where they keep all the beautiful women?" Yeah, and yeah, it's completely yeah. brushed under the rug, never comes up again. But it's it's one of those little things that Lee Wanell puts in there to make it extra spicy, and it, it's such a beautifully constructed movie. I agree with you, Chris. I think this, you know, we can talk about horror movies being shut out of Oscars and everything, but I think this should have been up there with some of the best pictures of that year that came out. And it's not as though she's not nominated for her other work. It's clear that Hollywood acknowledges that she's a fantastic actress. So I think there is a little bit of a horror bias there uh, because Handmaid's Tale, and I haven't seen it. I'm sure she's great in it, but Handmaid's Mm -hmm. Tale, sure. Give her all the awards. Didn't Mm -hmm. this incredible performance? Well, we saw it. It was good. I but mean, Meryl Streep was in another movie. Didn't you know that? <laughs> right. Ricky and the Flash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's yeah. It, 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 when you think of some of the dramas and people who get nominated in those dramas, you know, you think of some of those movies, it's like, it's like, seriously, you're not, you're going to look down on a horror movie, but you're going to raise this piece of fucking tripe up, yep. you know, just because it's a drama. Um, Lee, Lee Wanell, uh, I was about to say this is a guy that as we go into this new decade might be one of our new, uh, you know, top directors or whatever. I mean, upgrade is really fun. And, and mm-hmm. uh, of course, invisible man's really good, but funny, funny. I mean, not to say that this is, these are going to be bad 
or that these are his only projects but coming up he's got a wolfman movie coming up he's got a an escape from new york remake coming up and he's got he's got the upgrade tv series coming up which might be good uh but you know you want to see with these new guys these guys that are i mean he's not really new but i mean directing wise obviously he's he's fairly new it's Um, interesting to watch so many up-and-comers who are great pivot so early to known properties right like when Denis mm -hmm. villeneuve announced blade runner the sequel i was like okay arrival was something new at least to me and And uh, even Joseph Kaczynski did that after Oblivion and then uh, Only the Brave. He went to the Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that may have just been the lure of Tom Cruise or something, I guess. But it's interesting. Um, so far, I mean, Villeneuve put up, pulled it off. Maybe Kaczynski will with Top Gun Maverick. Maybe Lee Winnell will make the first good Wolfman movie in the history of ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I honestly would expect something amazing Wolfman. I mean, Wolfman movies have become really old and stale. All they, those independent ones that have come out in the last couple of years or have been yeah. really good. But, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. It's almost like they look at the challenge of ma- remaking something into something that's you know way better than what we normally see is a that's the challenge for them you know like this is the you know we want to make something yeah it's a remake but it's a it's a really good remake this time so they they put in you know these people who think differently into those into those remakes and you're either going to get Denny Villeneuve or you're going to get, you know, you know, a Colin Trevorrow or something like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, just does what the studio tells them to do <laughs> or whatever. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, by the way, back, going back on spontaneous there, there's, I think a scene both Jeremy and I uh, share as far as uh, loving. And that's when the new kid that becomes her boyfriend shows up. They, she's telling the story of how they met and how he first noticed her and everything. He comes into the class and Catherine Langford is like, like she's looking back at her friend or something. And then she turns and sees him and there's like a moment. And then he, and then she hisses at him. (laughs) (laughs) She does this, just, just does this, you know, or whatever. (laughs) And it's just a, it's a funny and it's a, you know, a sexy scene too. I mean, it's one of those kind of things where it's just like, I don't know what that is, but it's, the perfect thing for her to do at that moment. <laughs> um, so um, Hereditary is the first one that uh, came to my mind. Um, these A24 horror movies uh, all have a, you know, they're, they're, they're all kind of like abstract in, in many ways. Like they're, and they don't, they don't follow real studio film norms and everything. Hereditary is a kind of a dense movie to get through sometimes. But mm-hmm. when I first watched it, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I like this. And then I send it and I was like, man, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's just something about it. It's just so dark. Um, it's, it, it's exactly what horror movies should be. Uh, this just, you know, there's, there's uh there's no demon that's just kind of like fucking with everybody for a long time. It's this slow creep of 
you know, like indoctrination, I guess, in some ways of this uh, sort of a cult. Uh, I guess it's a cult, basically, uh, that's uh, trying to uh, accomplish this, uh, this, you know, this uh, great thing with this family. Mm. and uh and it just oh it's just i mean the movie is well you're not going to feel good ever during this movie <laughs> no, no if you want if you go to see why if you watch <laughs> movies to feel good you're not gonna watch hereditary hereditary <laughs> finds so many ways to just there, there is there even a rug to pull out i mean it's like it's it immediately just goes right off into the deep end and is just sullen all the but way also through accomplishes surprises without jump scares i think mm-hmm. now there are mm. you could debate how that definition is applied but it's it's surprises it's i don't remember violin shrieks when you see certain things that happen yeah in this in this movie it's not it doesn't feel cheap the mm-hmm. surprises that you get in this movie of which there are many uh and and give you absolute chills don't seem like they're shoved down your throat like yeah like in so many different ones and uh you know uh ann dowd is another uh one of these great character actresses that have that have come out in the last i mean you know she's been around forever but she's finally getting recognition mm. um also on uh you know um uh what's it's called the uh, handmaid tale she was on <laughs> that, she's on that too uh but uh she's great in this of course tony collette is in in one of her best performance this is another one by the way tony collette i think tony collette was actually getting real oscar consideration for this movie and then didn't mm. and, did this come out early in the year uh, like like mm, or was it later on i think it was the summer when this oh, came okay. out because a24 does this sort of nice counter programming thing where the where the uh movies that would typically come out in a february or a march or or an october november type of thing they are like mm. nope we're coming out with it in the summer because everybody's tired of superhero movies <laughs> come see hereditary right watch uh immolation <laughs> that's right um another one on this list is get out of course um uh, get out get out is one of the best movies of the past decade mm-hmm. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. uh, forget about the you know uh, horror movie aspect of it um i love how that trailer doesn't tell you anything like that trailer really doesn't it, it, you know it's some sort you know that there's something creepy going on but you don't know exactly how creepy it is until much until you watch the movie like it's mm-hmm. it's not one of those things where the trailer presents this to you like okay here's a place where they take now in this particular iteration of whatever that method that is going on they are picking black people mm-hmm. um we are sort of led to believe that it they that it doesn't really matter um you know you know over time it just so happens to be in this time they are Mm -hmm. um and uh but uh you know the the kind of racism that is being displayed here is something that was never talked about before yep um you know and uh and it's and it um it's just a it's it's such an entertaining and well-made movie um 
I, you know, if you haven't seen get out at this point, I mean, what, you know, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Uh, get out is great. Uh, but, um, but yeah, that we, I don't think we had ever, I don't think there's ever a discussion, uh, that, uh, that talks about the more subtle versions of racism that come out there. Um, and he uh, was the, nominated for an Oscar, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. So, I mean, really, the the Oscars have no excuse for uh, missing out on the other horror stuff that they, mm-hmm. they they've done. This was nominated for screenplay. Well, I don't the know Jordan about Peele best picture for the Jordan, Jordan Peele, Peele won for the, for the yeah screenplay, but I don't, I don't know think if it was the, nominated for best picture. I don't think it was nominated for best picture or anything like that. But um, well, Daniel Kaluuya was nominated. He was yes. Did I say how bad oh, did I say? He's it's so Daniel Kaluuya. Hey, well, he's great in everything I've seen him in. Yes, in, uh, in that uh, that uh, mob movie that uh, sisters, brothers, hustlers, widows, widows. Yeah, he's fantastic in widows. God, he's mm-hmm. terrifying in that fucking movie. Yeah, That's- he's great in the Black Panther uh, stuff, and uh, and he's incredible. I don't know if you guys have seen Judas and the Black Messiah yet. Uh, yeah. But- absolutely absolutely phenomenal in that movie um get out was nominated for best picture and director by the way oh um, it was nice. yeah yeah i've forgotten about that um but yeah uh get out is great uh we've talked a little bit about the suspiria remake uh which is another extremely dense movie yeah. but so beautifully shot and interesting throughout um it, it actually made people sort of debate whether or not they like this one or the older one, the classic one better. Um, this is the case. This is the positive case for remakes, right? Um, yeah. Uh, it's weird though. Would we, would we pick to make this remake though? Like I've always considered remakes of, of movies that had the right idea, but didn't execute it properly as yeah. the real remake potential uh you have to be you have to have some balls of steel to be like i'm remaking suspiria yeah sorry uh, argento fuck that guy well it's a, it's <laughs> such a it's such a uh go-to for horror fans you know as far as you know influential and best and all those lists that we make uh but uh you know i i really i even though I didn't understand every single bit of Suspiria, uh, the way it's shot and the way it's made, just it's just a beautiful movie to to watch. Is this the best movie based on a Phil Collins song? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yes, no. Well, actually, no. I know Against All Odds is probably the best movie. <laughs> <laughs> But Suspiria's close. Suspiria's close. I just have never been able to hear Suspiria without thinking Suspiria. Hey, there's a there's a there's a South Park where they're making fun of Phil Collins because they lost to him in the Oscars in uh, 1999 mm. with that Tarzan song. Yeah, and uh, so they put him in a in one of those episodes, and he's singing Susudio. And, uh, and, uh, and they just add all these lyrics, like, it's not even a word. So studio, <laughs> not even a word. <laughs> 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 um, oh my God. I tell you what, Suspiria, the original 77, something, mm, something like that. I think so. I think that's right. Um, 
is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I would watch the remake 11 times out of 10 uh, mm-hmm. over the the original one. The, Can the you remake, watch something an 11th time out of 10 tries? I'm going to cram it in. I'm going to mm-hmm. watch it while I'm watching <laughs> it. You can have one TV over here and another TV behind so that you can, yeah. <laughs> Just got to keep it, you know, but it's got to be. Delay. But it's got, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's got to have a delay in there so that you can count it as two different ones and not just simultaneous. Dakota Johnson, um, we've talked about Dakota Johnson before, but she is, uh, this is the performance of an absolute lifetime in this movie. Uh, yeah. It, it just, I think this is destined to become a classic. Um, maybe a, a, a subgenre of people will consider it a classic, but um, it's. It's a brilliant, brilliant. Will there be a subgenre of people who dismiss it as owing everything to the original Suspiria? Hmm. Yeah. Probably. I don't know, but those people are nerds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like because because who cares it does, what those dweebs think? Yeah. For me, and I may be completely wrong. <clears throat> to me, they're completely different movies. All they have in common is that it's a ballet company run by a bunch mm. of witches. Mm-hmm. And it and they kill run me. by a bunch of what I haven't seen this movie witches, witches, and I again first one giallo slasher you know lots of bright red blood and stuff like that uh, the the remake is styled in a completely different way it's a completely completely different movie to me uh, both but are very would very it good, have but... ever been made if not for the original. Hmm. Hmm. I'm just being a troll. Well, never mind. No. It <laughs> what about have. the Invisible Man? Would that ever been made with, uh, That's true. without That's uh, true. You got a point. Chevy Chase? Without the uh, Chevy Chase? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> without a Hollow Man, there never would have been Invisible Man. <laughs> oh God! I cannot watch Hollow Man. By the way, anymore. Oh, that is the skeeziest like, movie. Like, <laughs> we thought we, we we talked about it before, and we we're like, ah, maybe a little bit. To-. No, it mm. leans. Mm. Yeah. Into that. I mean, shit. Kevin Bacon, uh, he, he sexually assaults Kim Dickens. He rapes, he rapes Rona Mitra. Um, I think he even does, he even does something with Elizabeth shoe. I don't think he gets all the way there though. She gets away. Before. That's a fucked up movie to watch these days, man. It's like he immediately went from invisibility to rape. Do not pass. Go Ugh. do not. <laughs> He just, that was the first thing he thought of. Now that no one can see me, I'm going to do all the sex stuff. Oh, God. It's a yeah, skeezy, it's not, skeezy it's movie. Not, that's not um, my last one on the modern, and, and you know, you can debate whether or not it actually uh, is classified as a horror movie, but uh, Cabin in the Woods. Um, <laughs> that's a horror there. movie, baby. That's a horror movie. Yeah, but it, it's clearly, uh, you know, uh, making fun of it. I mean, it's you know, it's it, it's also embracing it. But uh, you know, like nearly everything in this is played for laughs. Even the horror is. But mm. and there's not. There has never. I don't know if there's ever been. There's only been like three or four moments where I doubled over laughing or whatever in a theater watching it as a projectionist or watching a movie as a projectionist. Um, uh, but uh, that one where the elevator opens and all the oh fucking creatures comes out, that was I, – I, I think I've said this before. I was so upset that this movie wasn't a bigger hit when it came out. Yeah. 
because I would have loved to, have, I, I did go into an auditorium with this movie playing on a Saturday night. And there was only like 20 or 30 people in it. Oh, and, that's and uh, I, I went to, to see that scene and you know, that, that it happened and you're like, eh, I mean, the reaction was okay, but you had 20 or 30 people in it. It wasn't it. You just imagine what it would have been like if there were 300 people in it. Yeah. And, uh, that's what I was hoping for. It's kind of like eight mile when, you know, he starts doing the, he starts, uh, he starts rapping good in eight mile. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and you know that part where he starts rapping good he starts rapping good um the uh the, you know you go into the theater and hear him doing all those like awesome ones and everything and everybody's like oh you know the whole theater is like getting into it um you know that's uh that's what you want out of crowd crowd reaction but yeah anyway cabin in the woods is uh is another one that I dude remember. that scene <laughs> i can't I don't love very many movies that have scenes I actually can't watch, but when she makes out with the the head of that fucking wolf on the wall, oh, yeah. I cannot watch that. I yeah. I have to turn away because right. it it shrivels my bits and mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, <Shrivels> but <laughs> I think the movie's great, obviously, and uh, what's fascinating to me is how much of it I think hinges on. Um, Bradley Whitford and uh, other Richard dudes. Jenkins. Richard Jenkins. Uh, the way, not just, just the way they play those guys. You can feel the seasoning of they've been through this a mm-hmm. million times, and this mm-hmm. is the the way they fuck with the the watcher guy on the <laughs> on the speakerphone. Wait, am I still on speakerphone? They start laughing. No, 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 no. <laughs> or, or the best, or the best line in the movie is the, you know, I was, I was almost starting to root for, and maybe she could have tequila is my lady. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love this movie. This is probably one of my top five favorite horror movies ever. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's freaking hilarious. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, when it came out, it was hard to, uh, you know, I was working at a theater and I was trying to, I was talking to people about how I loved it around there. And even people who worked in movie theaters were just like, eh, I was expecting, they were expecting, you know, fucking, uh, cabin fever or some right. shit. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and they didn't get cabin fever. And so they thought the funny stuff was dumb like that. I just don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. And yeah. like, like, you know, you see I something remember that's super entertaining. How, the trailers sold this movie. Um, well, it was weird how they, I remember in the trailer that showing like a typical, you know, uh, college kids going to the cabin in the woods type of horror movie. Uh, and then they show that Eagle fly into the big fucking electric barrier or whatever. <laughs> and I think a lot of people were like, what the fuck? And just didn't, we're not curious to yeah. watch it. Yeah. Um, that was that most of it, I think centered on centered on that cabin in the woods stuff. I don't think they they did. They taught, they, they kept all that, you know, institution stuff, a, you know, a surprise, I think in that trailer, I don't think they showed much Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins. In that. Yeah. I don't think you, I mean, it's probably a tough situation. I don't think you can, 
really show what the movie is in a two minute trailer. I don't think you could if you once you start incorporating the the Bradley Woodford stuff. I think I think you end up with viewers who are confused, and and mm. you also ruin you also ruin the joke. I mean, the movie doesn't take a super long time to tip its hand to you, but you know, you know, the first ten minutes or so, you're like, okay, this is a typical horror movie with hot people in it. Let's see where this goes. Yeah, and then it starts showing you this is what this really is. Um, Pretty sure that they showed you know them in the basement when they have all the different choices that are going to unlock whatever monster they're going to unleash. Um, and you know they just I think that yeah they pre- I'll have to watch that trailer again, but I yeah I don't remember too much Bradley Woodford and Richard Jenkins in that mm. trailer, and I think that's what it was. I think people were just expecting your typical cabin in the woods movie, and and get and. They didn't get that. No. <clears throat> how do we feel about, I agree with you, this movie is nearly perfect, but how do we feel about that ending? Like the ending ending? Uh, I mean, how do we feel about the ending? Yeah. It's kind of, I've always thought it was uh, kind of weird how they've skirted so many different uh, rules about this. Um, you know, like it, they, and, and, and you know, the, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just weird to me that at the end, the monsters are not appeased, even though, I don't know. Does it seem like, yeah, that, that ending, that ending is just so like, it it's unique, but it's also like, hmm, you have all this wonderful momentum, especially with the merman scene and the elevator mm. scene. And all this stuff, and all the bat like flying through when he's about to shoot her and everything, and then it seems like it's massive exposition. (laughs) Like it really noticeably. It's like let's bring in Legend Sigourney Weaver to explain what's going on here, and and she does, and it's like God damn it, we were having a lot of fun, and now it's just (laughs) we're explaining we're explaining what we do, and we're explaining why there's there are quirks in it, and we're you know it's I don't know, yeah I, I I like I like how it. I like how the very end is where the last shot is amazing. Yeah. But, but, uh, you know, (laughs) where they're like, you know, they need the blood of a virgin and then, and you know, she's like me virgin. And he goes, well, we make do with what we can. And it's like, no, whatever. (laughs) No, you, you say that these monsters have very specific tastes and you can't just, you know, you give them blood of non-virgins here. No, if you want virgin, you need virgin. Yeah, well, and I, I don't understand why it's so hard to find virgins either. Well, what I appreciate about the end of the movie is the mic dropness of it all. The yeah. the the balls to say, you know what? Heroes don't win. The world is going to end. It's all mm. over. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that. Um, but I'm telling you, Drew Goddard is the man. You know, you, mm. you, you go from this to bad times at the El Royale, which you have a hard time finding a section that slows down with exposition the way the end of Cabin in the Woods does. Yeah. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, he's the guy to watch. He's the guy mm-hmm. to watch. No. Now watch. He's going to come out next week and say, I'm doing a remake of The Fugitive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I'm remaking no, the, Blank Check. The, exp- <laughs> the exposition in uh, Blank Check. The exposition in Bad Times at the El Royale is so perfect because when, when you get uh, the bellhop telling you at the end what he saw and everything that's an uh, that's a scene full of tension and 
you're leaning into that shit. You're mm-hmm. like, holy, wo- mm-hmm. a wolf? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't sexual. It wasn't not <laughs> sexual. It wasn't not sexual. <laughs> um, oh, uh, so my modern ones. Are you done with your modern ones? Yep, I was about to say, all right, let's go with yours. Uh this is uh, this is stretching modern. When we when we talk about classics in a little bit, I set my classics anything before two thousand because it's been twenty one years for God's sakes. Now we, they're certainly older than that, and we could dig into it. But yeah. uh, for for modern, I, I went the first one was two thousand eight uh, movie that that absolutely scared the shit out of me. Now with horror, I rarely get super scared, uh, but the strangers is a movie that yeah. absolutely killed me. <laughs> I love The Strangers, man. The, 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 why are you doing this? Because you were home. Listen, it has all the of the elements. Liv Tyler? Yeah, yes. it's Liv Tyler. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's getting this confused with Vacancy. The Luke uh, Wilson. And, and at least one other one, but yes. The Strangers is, is literally Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman. Uh, Felicity's Scott Speedman, Underworld mm-hmm. Scott, Underworld Scott Speedman, yeah. Uh, and it's what it's a cast of five essentially. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty well, much no six. It's there's because, there's uh, Glenn, definitely uh, another person, but yeah. Um, um, Glenn Howerton, Glenn Howerton, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a super small cast, and it's super remote. Everything makes sense. All the scares make sense. Uh, it's, it's a woman showing up after a couple is having kind of like a, uh, 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 like an argument, a a, a complicated relationship. Um, woman shows up at the door, can't see her face. Uh, she's looking for somebody. She goes off. That was weird. Then Scott Speedman goes for cigarettes. Liv Tyler is left alone. Starts hearing banging. Everyone's worst fear. You're alone at night, <clears throat> no cell reception, and there's just an unidentified banging on the door. Uh, the masks that the strangers wear are fantastic. The reasoning, which Chris mentioned at the beginning, uh, is horrifying. Everything about this movie, the ending of this movie is terrifying. It mm-hmm. literally builds up. There is, there's no let up in the tension, and I absolutely love it. The Stranger, yeah. and I hear that the sequel, The Strangers Pray at Night, is actually really good too. I haven't seen that one, really. Uh, but The Strangers is absolutely one of, and it holds up uh, on multiple viewings uh, to scare the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. I was all by myself. <laughs> Nobody myself. was looking. I was alone. And my other one, my other one is a horror movie that I don't even, that doesn't scare me, but I think is beautiful is It Chapter One. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite horror movies uh, that that doesn't really freak me out. Now, there are a couple of scenes in there that will, you know, tickle your chill bones. Uh, but But in general... I'm not scared of clowns. I know a lot of people are. <laughs> um, that was such a flex. I'm not scared of clowns. <laughs> Come clowns. at me, bro. What are you going to do <laughs> with your red nose and your big shoes? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I know a lot of people are fundamentally scared of clowns. And Pennywise, Bill Skarsgård is fantastic in this role mm-hmm. as Pennywise. Uh, but it's just not like a, like a scary premise to me. Um, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you think about it, too. Like, you know, uh, it's the collective fears that make them more tasty and stuff like that. I think the absolute best part of this is the standby meanness of mm. the cast and the writing and the direction and especially the cast, man, Sophia Lillis and Finn Wolfhard and Jaden Martell, like they all just coalesce perfectly. Um, <clears throat> and it's shot the way that something like a Rob Reiner would shoot stand by me or yes. even fucking Frank Darabont. Who's really good at Stephen King. At well, it's too. the stand by meanness of it all that, that works like the scary stuff. I too, I'm not scared of clowns. Mm. Um, the scary stuff doesn't work as well for me. I almost, uh, you know, it's his career. I'm very curious about this Flash movie he's making. So, you Rochetti? know, more power to him. But I'm almost, I'm almost more interested in seeing him doing, doing coming of age type stuff. That Corey scene is the linchpin of the whole movie, as so far beautiful. as I'm concerned. It's so beautiful. It, it perfect it's absolutely perfect nostalgia friendship budding romance it's perfect uh i agree i love this movie it's a shame the second one had to come out <laughs> mm-hmm. it really is it really is the second one i've i've tried to go back to it many times man i cannot get on board with it doomed uh, to failure the second half of it the book is not very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's because uh, adults are shitty, man. You know, yeah, who cares? They are. Yeah, they are. That, that's a movie. That's a book that should have ended after the kids beat it in at the you know the right. The and then time. when they made a movie of it and it made a hundred million dollars, the studio would have said, "What about a sequel?" And then mm-hmm. they could have done the adults, and it would have failed, and everyone would have learned a lesson. And they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they would have learned a lesson that they were doomed to repeat. Um. Okay, so then what about classic horror movies? This is where I wanted to slap Bear on the face because he stole my Shining. Uh, Oops. I just gave away one of Barrett's. (laughs) I don't mean it. You can bleep me. Um, I have always said that Alien is one of my two favorite horror movies of all time. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is... is heavily science fiction but that does not mean it cannot be scary as fuck um and it's basically one of the scariest things i ever saw uh to this day it freaks me the fuck out uh it's part creature design part the setting part i don't know it's just it's every bit as tense and slow scary as the sequel is action gun heavy yeah romp yeah um it's uh it's gooey too it's what it's gooey Mm. oh you mean um you're just talking about the goo that's just the the goo there's a lot of goo and alien slime and goo slime and goo and that makes everything more more creepy and there's Mm. an orange kitty um Actually, I thought, I don't know why, but I thought you were making some kind of reference to Stan Winston. Is he involved in this movie? Uh, I don't think so. H.R. Uh, Giger, Geiger, Giger, whatever. Did the, he did the, the creature effects. design. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because it looks great. It looks absolutely real. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it does not look like a uh, fake ass. Giger on the visual effects too, along with Carlo Rambaldi, who later of uh, alias rambaldi fame yes yes <laughs> uh that's how that's who they named it after um, oh really i didn't know that mm-hmm, yeah uh brian johnson nick nick alder and dennis ailing were all uh, winners for best visual effects um, Ooh, well they deserved it mm-hmm, yep so yeah, you're right no the the setting is perfect you know the hole in space no one can hear you scream i mean, what they did this in let's see this was 79 right mm-hmm. yeah uh, did Dark Star come out before, right around that? Right? Yeah, way, way before, like five years before. Five years that before. Because that was, that was, uh, that was Carpenter. Um, right, right. Now, I, and I, I know that was, that had a, a much different tent, but it was also had, kind uh, of a horror movie set in space. And he had, uh, Dan O'Bannon, who was on the, I think the screenplay of Alien was mm. on Dark Star as well. A lot of people who... A lot of people who were associated with alien um it were on dark well a few people who were on alien were were associated with dark star interesting uh so it may have it may only be dan o'banion bannon though um for all i know could be more not sure my other classic i'm stretching the definition but i think it meets barrett's definition um maybe not uh is scream yeah um, yeah for sure <clears throat> Scream is a total classic at this point. The very first one, I know there's a lot of people who have tons of love for the second one, and I enjoy bits of it. Yeah. Uh, I think the third one is a visit to the dentist, um, <laughs> and the fourth one was just a little too cute for its own good. Yeah. Um, but recently, we've got the trailer for the new one, which I've been calling Scream 5, but apparently... Just called Scream because yep. yep. that won't confuse anyone. Yep. Right, um, and it looks great, uh, and it looks like the closest to the original of any of the sequels that we've had so far. And it's the dudes that were involved in Ready or Not and uh, VHS who were making mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. uh, promising, but the original Scream uh, still holds up pretty well. Um, yeah. One thing I noticed in the trailer for the new one is how much new technology they're incorporating like an app that can lock all your doors and yeah. <laughs> text messaging. And of course that, you know, that's all missing from the first one because cell phones weren't universal yet. Um, and I guess I don't feel like those kinds of things date a movie when those movies are set in that era, when the technology wasn't around that mm-hmm. classic opening scene with Drew Barrymore, where if you're me, you're not expecting her to be offed. Um, before the movie actually kicks into gear. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an initial shock to the system. Um, it's crazy to me that Kevin Williamson got so much hype after this movie and got so much rope and never wrote anything that came close to this. Like, mm, yeah. Did how much do, was Wes uh, Craven? Mrs. Tingle? He teaching did teaching Mrs. Tingle. Mrs. Tingle, yeah. And the, um, uh, he was... Disturbing behavior, I think. Well, maybe that's just a Katie Holmes connection. Uh, I don't remember him on that, but, I mean, Dawson's Creek was his, you know, was his thing, I guess. That was before Scream, right? Yeah. And then, and then he, as far, yeah, I mean, as far as movies are concerned, yeah, he never replicated that and scream uh trying to remember if there was anything beyond teaching i know what you did last summer the Uh, faculty teaching mrs tingle so he's got a lane man (laughs) well i mean (laughs) 
I like the faculty, but none of those are as good as Scream, even though I know you did last summer has its diehard fans for some mm. ungodly mm. reason. Mm-hmm. I feel like that movie is the like... The ladies. Well, it's the ladies. It's also like, let's cast everyone who can't act. <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone is bad Ryan in that Phillippe movie. Against Freddie Prince Jr., Ryan Phillippe, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Jennifer Love Hewitt, all of them are bad in that movie. Mm-hmm. All of them. They're pretty. I yeah. guess that's the point. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? Um, it was is it, I think and I think I talked about this with Jonathan, but you, you guys or maybe Barrett. Uh, I don't remember who brought this up, but that was not even in the screenplay. Yeah. It was me. They they did a contest. Oh, it was you. Um, and the student who won the contest got to direct a shot. That was basically. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it was intended to just be standing behind the camera and saying action, but the mm-hmm. kid had the idea. What if we did this, where she spun in a circle, and and that's the fuck. That's why it's so fucking out of place in the whole mm-hmm. movie is that it, a, a kid suggested it, and they just mm-hmm. did it. Yeah, <laughs> it really uh, is, man. She gets fed up because the the body in the trunk isn't there anymore. And then she turns around, and then all of a sudden just bursts into this fucking thing. And you're like, what? Hang on one second. What? <laughs> I, uh, I, I, of course, love Scream. And that was, that was an, an, uh, I had been working in movie theaters for four years at that, well, three years at that time when it came out. And we were at a theater that didn't do much uh, business, really. And we put Scream in one of our smaller auditoriums on opening weekend because we just didn't think it would do anything. And opening weekend, it barely did really much. I mean, it did okay. And then it got a word of mouth going that made it where it was bigger the next week than it was last week. And um, and the and Cool Springs Galleria, which was the theater that was just always kicking our ass and everything didn't have scream and it was amazing it was it was ah. like it was like it was like when borat said the you know <laughs> they can't have the uh the ipod the, the ipod or whatever the, the his neighbor or his rival can't have, can't <laughs> afford the ipod shovel or whatever um but uh uh you know it was funny because we we i remember i was i was this was actually a, probably a bad decision on my part, but I was talking to my manager saying we should keep it in this small theater because everybody packed in together, uh, watching it. And we, and we sort of limit how many people can see it at one time. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it makes it a, a different experience. If you put it in a big auditorium, it's not going to have the same effect and everything. And so we kept this movie in this small auditorium selling it out on Friday and Saturday nights, but it kept going and going and going. And, and I thought that was, it was cool, even though we didn't, we probably should have put it in a bigger auditorium. To <laughs> um, uh, but I, I still felt like the experience of that small theater with a bunch of people was the best way to go about it. And every time that was another crowd reaction movie, I would always walk into that one. Mm. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, and I just, I, I loved it. Uh, it was one of those where I didn't expect much from it because the trailer looked shitty. It was one of these early dimension Miramax films that mm-hmm. came out and the trailer was like, you know, it, it, it tried to sound like, a uh, a regular horror movie and David Arquette at the end, putting his flashlight, you're not scared, are you? And it just looked like a regular horror movie. 
So like, I wasn't expecting anything from it and uh, it was a tremendous surprise. And of course now it's made, you know, it's got a whole franchise uh, around it. Um, Are they styling the, uh, the S and scream as a five? Like a uh, like a it fast and furious like type it. of no. thing. No, no, they patterned the A as a five. Mm. No, they they don't have a five. They don't have a five at all. I, I was doing some mental acrobatics. <laughs> I was look, I was looking for the I was looking for the letter least likely. The C maybe the C's probably not. I was like, hang on, that could probably work in some way. Mm. Yeah, you were thinking of it in your head, and it's like, no, no, yeah. No, the, I, there's a the C probably would be the hardest to make a five out of. That would probably I think be so. It. Yeah. Um. Okay. On my classics, I've always talked about Halloween. I know that's Jonathan's favorite movie, favorite horror movie as well. Uh, and I've, I've talked a lot about how Halloween just makes you constantly search the edges of the frame for Michael Myers, and I think that movie is just so well done. And nobody ever makes horror movies like that um, anymore. And it spawned, you know, 40 million sequels. And none of them have done anything close to what that first movie did. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the second one is a continuation. It's the same night. It's at a hospital. Um, but it just doesn't have the same magic whatsoever. And part three, of course, infamously doesn't have Michael Myers in it. And uh it's about a mind control thing um uh then uh, sticking with carpenter the thing we've talked a lot about the thing uh Mm so another another uh that movie every time i pop it in it gets better and better and better and better i haven't watched that movie since the the 90s um and i i recommend watching it again yeah, I recommend watching it again. It's it's incredible now and uh obviously did not uh was not a big hit when it came out, but it has developed a big following since and I think I think it it classifies as a great movie at this point. Um the you know, I guess you have a I guess I had a question as to what constitutes classic anymore. Does it have to have 20 years behind it or is it maybe past 10 years or is it I think the descent is old enough at this point to to say that it's it's probably a classic. It came mm. out in 2006. Uh 15 years may not be considered a uh, classic for some of you guys, but I always sit there and think man, when I was a kid in 1987 and people were talking about The Godfather, it was being referred to as a classic and that yeah. was only 15 years old at the time. Yeah. So yeah um uh the descent is a movie that i need to see again but i remember it being amazing and the way it presents its horror is amazing and and uh and you know i i saw a woman running out of this theater when it was playing one night and and was like nearly hyperventilating because she was so scared yep, yep. um the, the descent is fantastic the others uh which you know, came out during a time where um, uh, it was hard to surprise audiences because it seemed like there was a surprise ending in every movie right. that was coming out around that time, especially horror movies. The Sixth Sense was only a couple years old when The Others came out. The Others has a great, a great ending. I think, I think most people can probably figure out what it is, what's going to happen nowadays. But uh, back in the day, I, I didn't have any idea what was gonna no because it was spooky enough on its own it it wasn't necessarily like (laughs) 
This is a movie that, that has a little bit of a comparison. The Skeleton Key, the Kate Hudson thing. Yeah, yeah. It has a big twist at the end. I don't know if I buy that it was as spooky. It had to do a lot with voodoo and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, there. But but the others was spooky as shit all the way through. And then that mm-hmm. ending just absolutely, it was like jab, 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 uppercut. Uh, yeah, it's. The, I uh, mean, it plays exactly like what a regular horror movie plays like. It's people in a house see, hearing weird noises. The kids seem to see the you know seem to be interacting with the ghosts, mm-hmm. uh, and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, so it's one of those type of movies, and then it just like turns it around on you. Um, love that movie, uh, Audition, which Barrett recently talked about a bunch. Uh, I, I can't remember. Oh my God. Yeah. You can't, you can't get that out of your head. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Uh, audition is amazing. The Blair witch project. Um, uh, I, I, I have a, along with Jeremy, I have a, and Barrett, uh we have different relationship to this movie because of the tape that was rolling around before the movie came out Mm -hmm. and um and uh and so we got we got to see that movie before it came out in theaters and i thought i thought the sort of the viralness of that tape was what was made that movie great and of course the 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 uh the use of the internet which back then people were still trying to figure out how do we do how we work this thing um <laughs> how do we work this internet yeah and uh you know i remember i remember going to the blair witch site and finding like it was showing you actual crime scene photos here is the picture of the van or the jeep that they were in before they went into the woods you're like oh shit is this is this for real did this actually happen um and uh and you know i think of course a movie like this with all of its shaky cam and all of its n- willing and like not willingness to uh give you outright scares uh Mm -hmm. uh, like during the entire movie really it's really about sound um and some some visuals that are that are creepy it's it hardly ever gets to that point i actually never gets to that point where there's an actual monster on screen no uh, you see never (laughs) you see dude in the corner no, and that's still the most haunting image. And how do you even come up with that? How do you go, all right, the last shot, we're going to reveal that one of the guys is in the corner, facing the corner, and we're going to end right there. Could be and taking a leak. Would be, people yeah. would be creeped yeah. the fuck out, but it's creepy. Like, because you, in an instant, your you, your brain processes all this. What the fuck is he doing? Why would he be there? What did the monster do to him to make him do that? What? Where's the witch? Is she going to do that to me? Why am I not in the corner? <laughs> and it, yeah, it's yeah. all <laughs> happening at once. Yeah. Um, yeah, that movie's freaky. Now, <clears throat> Chris, you and I worked at Hollywood 27. There were genuine uh, celebrity sightings there. Mm. Now, I was working on one night of Blair Witch, and I was told Tom Petty was in the building. Oh, Yes. And had gone in to watch Blair Witch. I did not personally see Tom Petty. But mm. two of my ushers were standing outside that theater, peeking in the porthole whenever they could, hoping to mm-hmm. see Tom Petty, I guess, get up to take a leak or something. And the story goes, halfway through, he got up and left through the exit door outside mm-hmm. of the parking lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could argue he was not enjoying the movie, which, let's face it, I don't think 
Tom Petty is a Blair Witch kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> but I it's argue like, like people this were like cool. staring at him like my ushers were. And I think he just got tired of the not being an incognito and left. Mm. But there you go. Uh, headline tomorrow we'll read Tom Petty hated Blair Witch. Left right. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. Like, I, I think there was a, an interview recently with uh, Michael Williams, who played Mike, of course, in the movie, uh, who is the one standing uh, in the corner at the end. And uh, the, I think that the way that they came up with that, if I remember, was mundane. Like, they just said, hey, stand in the corner here. And, and I don't think they had any mythology behind it or anything that just wow. kind of they just said let's just do this or whatever i don't i don't remember i gotta find that article but uh if i recall it was a pretty mundane thing that they just they did that and uh but they build it up so well because there's two different sources of of uh there's uh there's sound and then there is her and then there's heather's video Mm -hmm. uh so we're we're hearing we're hearing her sound, but we're hearing other sound from a, like a, I can't remember if it's a recorder or if it's another video camera. I can't remember. It's not another video camera. I don't think, but there are two sources, but you, you hear you like Mike leaves and then she's upstairs somewhere. And then she's like, she's like, uh, she gets scared and starts running down the stairs. And like, there's this whole like build up to like, what the fuck happened to Mike? What the fuck happened to Mike? And you're expecting her to come down and see him like, you know, opened up like it's an autopsy or something and you know his organs are ripped out or something but like just the just the fact that he's just standing there with you know just standing there is scarier than any kind of violence that they could have shown yep it's framed Um, beautifully i mean it's her scream it's her reaction it's the uh what you don't see you only see it's probably last maybe two seconds of mm -hmm. him standing in the corner that she drops the camera her scream that's it yeah and then yeah the camera's just static on the floor for like five seconds and then it goes to the the credits uh yeah there were a lot of people who did not like that movie at all obviously uh and uh, i got to run into a lot of them being an usher manager (laughs) at uh, uh, the time there were the the worst thing about blair witch and jeremy knows this and we i think we've even discussed this is that people were getting motion sickness during the movie mm-hmm. and they were vomiting in the theater they no. couldn't make it they couldn't make it to the bathroom they had oh, to vomit the, right there you know the only thing that smells worse than vomit is that shit you put on the vomit yeah. after somebody vomits yeah and that actually is the worst smell and so for a week or more that entire auditorium just had a faint air of vomit it was chemical cleanup awful. Was this, hold on this happened a lot like in the theater yes yeah, yeah. oh well, it happened nearly every showing yeah it no happened. way yeah dude it was comp we had that shit in a closet next to the theater after like one day because it was happening so often like we and... started warning people mm-hmm. oh just so you oh, know, it's shaky. No. You might puke. Oh, I'll be good. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, and I've never understood. I, I, I mean, you know, uh, different people have different reactions to things, obviously. But I've never <laughs> understood. I've never understood the feeling that you need to vomit, and then you can't make it to a bathroom in time. Look away I've from the never, goddamn screen. I've if never understood that. Yeah. Oh, but they just yeah. Go right I mean, there? yeah. Blair, yeah, man. Blair Witch was what july something that came out in around july i think i can't remember exactly um 
but that but those theaters smelt of all of that for probably three months at least if not oh more. no oh no and you guys had to address it well, I didn't. I just told no. I mean, uh, I don't. I actually didn't do much box office stuff, so I don't remember the the warnings. But no, um, no. I mean, you had to like clean up. Yeah, I mean, so, ushers are ushers are constantly throwing that cover up shit over it, and yeah. then you mop it up or whatever. And but it what still is smelled. the cover up stuff because like at the the shop that- we would put like oatmeal stuff on an oil spill to to get the the oil. It's up. a is chemical that- version of that. It yeah. just smells nasty and. Mm. You combine that with the vomit, and it's somehow worse. Mm-hmm. They had the same shit at Kroger when I worked there. I think it's pretty standard stuff, but um, yeah, it was just, the best. I it remember was like, some stand by me. Yeah, <laughs> I remember some dude coming out of that movie going like I was walking towards that, walking towards uh, the theaters like fifteen and sixteen, uh, and uh, and this guy comes out and he's he came right up to me and I was like oh no because this is the way it is in theaters like when a customer comes out and immediately wants to talk to you you're like god damn it what's happening uh, but he's like hey man this movie this is this just isn't entertainment man this just isn't entertainment <laughs> and I was like I was like okay well you can go to customer service and get a refund pass if you like. Uh, Hey, I'm not going to force you to stay yeah, in. Yeah, it was baked <laughs> off his ass, man. This just isn't entertainment, man. Yeah. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109 um the last one that i threw on the classics uh and i know barrett will appreciate this is the original wicker man yeah that's freaky wicka, wicka. freaky yeah. deaky stuff <laughs> wicka 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 man freaky deaky uh yeah yeah i mean you know the, the 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 remake would be creepy too if it wasn't so hilarious that's true this mm-hmm. is true yeah i i uh, i still want to know kind of what happened there who was the director that it was somebody neil abute what a weird mobile mm-hmm. i mean original wicker man is the epitome of unsettling culty horror movie uh mm-hmm. that will only be replicated in my mind by something like midsummer um mm-hmm. but uh yeah it, it, talk about daytime horror there's really no shadowy foggy that's uh, what's crazy about midsummer right it's well well yeah it is and with the original wicker man too it's just mm-hmm. all out there uh, i think it's summer in northern england slash scotland and and just everything happens in the daytime but horrific shit happens and people are acting weird and nobody mm-hmm. punches a woman or dresses in a a bear 
costume. Right? That's interesting. <laughs> I wish more people would explore that, because I don't know why I just flashed to Zodiac, because it has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but the, the, the killing they show in the daytime by the lake is ten times more terrifying than the opening one in the dark with the car that comes back. I agree. Um, there's something about being able to see it that actually makes it scary. I guess it depends. We could go too far in that direction, but no. Yeah. And this is what uh, the strangers has that great ending where they take care of business, not at night when they're all mm. freaked out and everything, but mm. in the morning when they're all tied up, they're like, okay, and then every one of the family members gets a stabby in, like uh, Murder on nice. the Orient Express. And uh, like it just does the thing. A, a couple of other things uh, popped up when you're talking about this daytime horror stuff. Um, uh, we we uh, we interviewed Bria Grant, who did the movie Lucky, and uh, mm. there's a there's a moment in that movie, like so the 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 premise is that there is someone who is coming to kill her and her husband every night. Uh, and they have to fight this person off. And in the movie, it's presented as the first time, um, you know, she, after it happens the first time in the movie, she asks her husband, what, you know, uh, we've got to do something about this. We got to call the cops. And he's like, well, well, this is, he goes, the husband's like, well, every night this guy comes and tries to kill us. So we're, we, we just, and we just try to, we just try to beat him every night. And she's like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, yeah, every night this guy comes and everything. And so when she starts actually talking to the cops, the cops are, you know, uh, she's like, don't I need some security here and all that? And they're like, well, you don't need any security right now. It's daytime, you know? And they keep saying <laughs> stuff like that. It's daytime. What does it, you know, like, what does daytime fucking have to matter? You know, the, why does it matter? Um, uh, but, uh, uh, documentaries can be scary too. Paradise Lost, which was about the West Memphis uh, killings. Uh, that movie starts off with uh, I wouldn't. I don't know what your de- your definition of graphic is, but uh, it starts off with the shot of the boys that are in who have who have been killed in the in this riverbed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it shows actual footage of them just lying dead there. Um, and when you hear the story about when they were last seen, I mean, this is after school when they were last seen, uh, uh, over the years, there's been five, I think five documentaries about West Memphis three and, mm-hmm. uh, and all the twists and turns, like they got the wrong people and then the, the wrong people they've known they've had the wrong people for all this time, but there were all these different technicalities that kept them in prison and, and whatever. But, you know, you hear this story and you, you, and, and you're pretty sure one of the parents did it. And it's just like, it, this happened during the daytime. This happened, you know, out in the woods in the daytime. I mean, daytime can be pretty freaking scary sometimes. I actually think we may have an accidental future topic. Yeah. S- scariest daylight moments in movies. Ooh. Because mm. you have me wanting to bring up True Detective, the first season, scariest moment of that entire season. Yeah. yeah. Is that yeah. dude with the elephant nose gas mask and the music goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's in broad yeah. fucking daylight. Um, yeah. That could be a topic, I think, one day. I think mm. so. I like it. I like it. Uh, my classic, so I've got one everybody agrees is a, is a great classic horror movie, Rosemary's baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's another one where there's not 
horrific violence uh, that you see uh, overtly, except for a dream sequence that's not a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the lady that throws herself off the building, but you don't really see that. Yeah, exactly. It's more of just a, an impending dread uh, type of thing. It's a brilliant movie. Mia Farrow uh, carries that movie, and I choose to not give any credit to Roman Polanski for actually pulling it off. <laughs> Uh, the, <laughs> there's something the, about the, the rosemary's baby has that i mean at the very end when it when, there's something there's nothing like threatening in any way about you know i think I, I think we i don't know it depends on how you perceive horror a lot of times but that that final moment where everybody just out of nowhere is just like hail satan yeah. it just gives <laughs> you chills Yep. It gives you chills, man. Yep. I mean, because they they haven't overtly said this at all during the entire thing. Of course, the whole ending of this is, you know, a somewhat surprise or whatever. You don't know exactly what's going on until finally everybody's like, well, baby's born. Uh, it's the Satan's it's Satan's kid now, uh, you know, <laughs> all enjoying tea in the. Yeah, exactly. They're all enjoying tea and they're like, well, I feel yeah. pretty free to say hail yeah. Satan right yeah. about now. Hey. <laughs> and they're well, all geriatric and <laughs> none of them are yeah. physically imposing or anything like that. Mm. It's just mm-hmm. it's these people encroaching into this poor woman's life. Mm-hmm. And there's just no way out of it, even though there's plenty of ways out of it. In her situation, there's really no way out of it. And mm-hmm. her husband being complicit. There's a lot of there's a lot going on in that movie. Well, he's fucking with her drugs too, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's giving her those those uh prenatal shakes or whatever it is that uh, that she has to take and that she's got the thing around her neck for a while. Uh just all of this is just icky. And it and it, mm-hmm. and it feels icky, and it makes you feel it's 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 Satan's baby. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's not Rosemary's baby; it's Satan's baby now. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> one before I get to my major one, uh, one that I think is overlooked a little bit from 1997 is Cube. Um, oh, Cube! This was Ooh. another movie that uh, I discovered on videotape, uh, much like Blair Witch, <clears throat> that somebody brought over. Much like Donnie Darko, too, actually. Um, somebody brought over and was like, have you seen this? And I'm like, no, I don't know what this is. No actors that you've really heard of. Uh, certainly not at the time. Uh, bare bones budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but is creepy as hell. These people wake up in a cube uh, and have, or they don't, a cubed cell. And they have no idea what they're doing. They're they're all in individual cubes, and they have to go into different ones that all look a little bit different. That all have booby traps. Some are safe. Some are not. You don't know which is which. The audience is totally on the ride as the characters are figuring out what the fuck is going on here, uh, and it has an, a very satisfying ending. It has a very satisfying mystery to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else about this movie, like I said, the effects are not great. The acting is as wooden as shit. Mm-hmm. But man, this movie is appealing. I love movies like this. I love movies where you don't know what the fuck is going on. And by the end of it, you still don't know what's going on. You still <laughs> have no fucking clue what's going on. But you know that it's freaky. And I love it. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, I think there, it's gotten quite the cult following over yeah. the years. And it um, well, and it's also spawned off at least yeah, two been sequels. A few. Yeah, um, and I've seen one of them. I think one of the later ones, and it's pretty good. They they keep the same similar concept. I don't think they get into you know why anyone's doing this. You know that's that's the issue with Escape Room, which we all liked. You know they we didn't know why they were doing all this stuff until the very end where they were hinting at a bigger conspiracy. And I'm Mm -hmm. like you, Chris, with the, I don't care about the revolution. Just show me the running man. Yep. I don't care about the conspiracy behind why they're doing this. I just care what they're doing. It inherently, uh, it inherently it's, it's weird because they set up this, they set up this story where, uh, obviously there are, uh, you know, an evil oppressive regime is, is behind all of this. And I think the, I think that people who make these movies, uh, think, well, we've got to figure out a way for these people to win in the end, uh, mm-hmm. that need to beat the regime and stop them from doing this. But they sort of forget the initial hook of why you went to go watch those movies in the first place. Yep. And that's the way hunger games was for me. You know, Hunger Games, yeah, uh, I feel for you. It's shitty living in this fucking place, but I just want to see you guys kill each other. Yeah, exactly. um, (laughs) Because it's all in good competition and clean fun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's all good, clean fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. but then, yeah, like after the, after the first Hunger Games, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, how do we, how do we take them down? We've, it's like the next three movies is, yeah. is all about, you know, even in the second one where it was just like, you know, we're not really here for the games. We're here to like take down the, um, you know, we're, we're here to, to, to kidnap Katniss and help us with our revolution and all That's that. Right. God damn it. And just. I just want to see everybody get thrown into an arena mm-hmm. and kill each other. Mm-hmm. All I, want. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course my last one is the shining, uh, which Oops. is, which is another, another one where the only moment that scares me in the shining weirdly enough mm. is the moment where Danny's playing in the, the hallway and that ball rolls up to him and mm-hmm. stops perfectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and really there's no other explanation we don't know who threw it whether it was the ghost in 237 we don't know uh if it's the hotel if it's the native americans we don't know where that ball came from mm-hmm. but that freaks me the fuck out the rest of mm-hmm. it is a performance it's a it's a great performance by jack nicholson i think it's a great performance by shelly duvall uh i think just just overall the mood of this movie is just one of my favorite things ever. Yeah. Uh, of course it's expertly shot. Of course it's expertly laid out, but there's a reason why this movie, I think of all of Stanley Kubrick's movies outside of maybe 2001 a space odyssey is the most dissected uh, because there's just so much going on uh, that I don't think you, you really ever get, in a horror movie. Um, it's, it's just brilliant all the way around. Um, and I can, I can watch it a million times, which I have. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
It's funny how this is the, the most dissected Stanley Kubrick movie ever made. <sighs> yeah. Unlike I mean, something like Spartacus, which is seven hours long. Yeah. And yeah, has yeah. a lot to dissect. I mean, Spartacus I think 2001, 2001 probably makes a claim in that um, most studied Kubrick movie, but. Yeah, two thousand one, as I said, was was is is up there for sure. Clockwork Orange, I think, is just so masochistic um, that that it's just not going to lend itself to the multiple viewings. Uh, now, personally, Eyes Wide Shut is something that I've um, analyzed many many times. Uh, Full Metal Jacket to me uh, is just. A, a very good war movie uh, that is very complex, but I don't think, uh, besides technically, uh, goes very deep. Uh, Barry Lyndon, same thing. Uh, Lolita, same thing. Um, so yeah, I think The Shining is the crux of of Kubrick's career in terms of him showing every tool in the toolbox. But there's just so many different interpretations of that movie. Um, Like people basically trying to solve the movie. Like why are there these continuity errors? Why are there, um, why are, what are these, uh, these images we see? And that's sort of the, you know, these images we see in the background, uh, you know, the, the, the overlook, uh, ha- is in itself a continuity error because what you see on the outside as compared to what happens on the inside. And, and it's sort of the, um, consequence of knowing that your director is a, is a control freak and, and, um, you know, is paying attention to everything in his movie. So when you see continuity error, continuity errors and things like that, people are like, okay. There has to be a meaning behind this. Right, because it's um, not an error. Now, yeah. it's it's fully possible there actually are continuity it, Yeah, it could be an error. but And then, you know, I, I sent you guys that thing where the guy believes that Wendy is the one who, it's all in Wendy's head um, mm. uh, throughout the whole thing. He's made, he made some pretty good arguments. Uh, I've now watched there. that video three times. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> The the thing for me is the TV that's unplugged. That's so like, why is it unplugged and still showing a cartoon? Yeah. Why is it like that? Yeah. And then this guy saying it's all in Wendy's head. So, you know, the, if the TV really is blank and Danny says I'm bored, that makes complete fucking sense. Yeah. And her yeah. saying, her saying, you know, well, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty compelling. It is very uh, compelling. It's, it's, it's five times more compelling than any of that room 237 documentary. Oh my God. Yeah. That's that one. I feel like the filmmakers came into that one. Like we're going to get something really fun to talk about here. And then they didn't realize the crazy that they walked into. <laughs> yeah. I mean, none of this shit is plausible, but that one that you sent us is, is plausible. I don't think it's right, but it's plausible. And oh uh, my God. I'm, I'm down with that. Well, you can, it, it's, you know, if if he's not following Stephen King's material, and he's not really, I mean, exactly. he's kind of is, but yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. the template, but uh, it, it would be it would be something Kubrick would do to be like, um, uh, I think this is all in Wendy's head. I think she's think she's making this shit up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then our uh, in our our last one that we have our franchises. Now this mm-hmm. is difficult, mm-hmm. especially. 
Especially right? after Barrett and Jeremy already answered the question. I was like, I don't have anything left. <laughs> there aren't a ton of horror franchises, A. There aren't a ton of good horror franchises, B. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going with the Final Destination series. Ah, um, that's a this, great call. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could pick all, all along the spectrum here, depending on what I want. Do I want like the first one? I think is legitimately fun time, a legitimately good movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, it starts to be a little bit of a campy imitation of itself, but not too much. But but it's Third got. A, one, I guess it's got a bigger budget, right? Or it seems it, like it's uh, got a well. Budget. They probably spent on that highway wreck the whole budget of the first movie. There is no more indelible image of that entire franchise than the logging truck. No, I agree. I agree. Um, The third one goes into camp pretty hard. Um, (laughs) And then the fourth one, they they cut all the budget. They were like, we will let you make a fourth... (laughs) Final Destination movie, but That's only the for Final $50, Destination, $50. right? Yes, um, <laughs> they had a the, and so it the the disaster is at a car at a big car race, like a Formula One race. Um, but you can tell that they just shot one small section of bleachers, like maybe not even twenty <laughs> feet wide. Yeah, like yeah. there's no crowd shots. There's no. When the when the wreck happens, it's like somebody throws a tire up into the bleachers, and there's some Photoshop air effects. It is the lowest budget I have ever seen. Uh, I, for all I know, that one may have gone straight to DVD. I I I don't know. Then they made the fifth one, uh, which is the bridge collapse, which is kind of getting back in form. Not quite there. I'd put it on a par with maybe the second one, but mm. then the end of the fifth one ties everything back to the first one. Yeah. Mm. And they get on a plane at the end of the fifth one, and it's the fucking plane from the first one, and you see the kids freaking out leaving the plane mm. before it explodes. That was cool enough to make me like the fifth one uh, more than I probably should. Uh, this series is my jam. Like, I, I love how. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen all of them at least I, twice. I've, I've I've seen them as well. Um, nice. Actually, weirdly, I may have not seen part two um, uh, because that came out when I, in that brief window of time that I wasn't working at a movie theater. I don't no. think I've gone back to watch it. And I've heard that's a great one. So yeah. the third one is Mary Elizabeth Winstead yeah, and the I, roller coaster accident. Can't, can't forget that yeah. one. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the funny thing about the sequels for me, uh, I think, I mean, I'm sure it's on purpose, but they always go, these people always go into a room where it is the worst OSHA standards possible. Uh, and, and like, it's like, you know, somebody goes to a barber shop and the fan is like basically still hanging in the ceiling by one screw maybe, or somebody's holding it up with a fingernail or whatever. And you see it like moving and it's like, and you're like sitting there going, Oh, well that's the way they're going to die. And it always ends up being some other bullshit. That's that the beauty them. of that whole franchise is <laughs> red herring you like crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to name Halloween here, but realize that I don't really consider halloween to be that great of a franchise honestly um 
and, and, and it's not that it doesn't have some of its, I mean, there, there are people who have a real affinity for the like four and five, um, because of, uh, what's her name that's in it. Is four the curse of Michael Myers? Yes. No, it's the return of Michael Myers. Return. Okay. I thought yeah. four was Halaforstic. Yeah, Halaforstic. That's right. That's right. Uh, Daniel Harris, who plays uh, who plays Jamie Lloyd. Uh, it, so so four and five have their admirers because of her. Um, uh, I don't think four and five are really great movies at all. The first one obviously is awesome. The second one is eh, it's okay. The third one is campy fun if you if you want to get into that and you don't give a fuck about michael myers and everything and whatever the it's a campy fucking and you, you can enjoy that movie on its own halloween six the one where they, they came out with one in the 90s uh as uh is it the curse of michael myers is not good at all mm. um and then they came out with um halloween h2o which was not good it's not. Um, I have a special place in my heart because I was. Was it ninety eight? Um. Uh, yes. Yes, I think it was actually. So I think I was working at the Hollywood Twenty Seven at that point, um, and I, you know, it just had such a late nineties cast of Busta Rhymes and Josh Hartnett and like, I don't well, know. Well, um, was it was he in H two O or was in uh, it was a uh, God. Yeah, it was Halloween Resurrection that Busta Rhymes was in. Oh, okay. That's the, that's that's probably the most forgotten Halloween sequel, by the way, that came out. That's the one where they tried to do kind of a found footage thing. It wasn't uh, the movie wasn't found footage, but they were making it where they were shooting all this different stuff with video cameras and stuff. Uh, that movie's awful. H two O was was you know was basically trying. It was trying to get back to that old uh that old uh flavor of it where jamie lee curtis is you know she her she's uh mother to josh hartnett in that movie michelle williams is his girlfriend uh and michael myers comes back and it's just eh, that that's not good the resurrection's not good and then the zombie movies the rob zombie versions of halloween some people love those they have their you know obviously zombie has his audience but i thought that was just it was just too much redneck horror for me um, yeah I white mean, do you trashiness like the, do you like um house of a thousand corpses or the uh who, what's the one after that one devil's, uh, rejects. devil's rejects do you uh, like those no i wasn't a big fan although i know a lot of people i mean first off uh house of the dead i don't know very many people who are fans of that but i know um house of the dead i meant oh house, house of, of a thousand, thousand corpses mm-hmm. house of a thousand corpses i don't know too many people who are fans of that but those same people love devil's rejects. So yeah. Also to be fair, very few people like house of the dead. <laughs> Is that the right, one with right. Shelton? That's, that's a, uh, no, no, that's who that's we, that's you. That's yeah, that's house, yeah, that's of house, of house of the dead. House of the dead is, uh, is, uh, you a bowl. Yeah. Um, prize fighter. <clears throat> um, yeah, exactly. Uh, that movie. Oh my God. <laughs> we oh sinned it. God. I remember we, we did. It. We did indeed. Um, uh, but, the video game uh, was fun. then, <laughs> then they read, they do another reboot of Halloween with just a plane called Halloween. There's three fucking movies called Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember there was so many, there was so much, um hype for this this new one and i remember just watching it going what 
are people seeing in this movie that makes it so good? And, um, and so it's all been a disappointment. I think that I'm naming Halloween as a good franchise here because it is so, uh, it, it, it is so in, enduring. It's got so, I mean, there's, there's a million of them. I mean, and I'm not, and look, I'm not the biggest Friday the 13th person or nightmare on Elm street person. So, I mean, um, nightmare on Elm street probably is a better franchise than this is, but yeah, it's um, more creative, I think. Right. Uh, but I haven't, I mean, it's Halloween. I don't know. It's probably not a perfect answer to this question, especially considering, uh, I just couldn't think of very many others that were, that had any kind of impact. Mm. So, well, I have three and I'm sure I stole, uh, some of them. You did one that, uh, that kind of came out of nowhere for me because it had to, to kind of, I had to re-realize that it was horror, but the, uh, the, the Hannibal Lecter trilogy, mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. we, we all agree that, uh, Silence of the Lambs is a horror movie. Um, yep. it's also a procedural thriller. It's a crime drama. Um, it's, you know, a comedy Baby mama drama. Mm-hmm. It's not a comedy. Uh, but you know, it, it, it is very much a horror movie with an indelible performance by, uh, Anthony Hopkins, but also man, Hannibal came after that. It's a good movie. I like that movie. I like Ray that Liotta movie. with a brain hanging out. Yeah. Yo, there's so yeah, it. much good stuff in that movie. Now, I mean, it, um, Gary Oldman as Mason Verger is, is horrific to look at but he's horrific for a reason the stuff you gotta love weird but it's weird for a reason you gotta love an actor who's like yes give me the role where no one will recognize me whatsoever and i will be horribly disfigured give Mm -hmm. me that role yeah yeah yeah, and that movie holds up better the first time i watched it i didn't like it but it it holds up better than i don't i don't really need all the ray liotta stuff in the beginning um and i find julianne moore's Excellent. imitation of Jodie Foster to be a little frustrating. Um, and I think, I, I think you guys know, I, I love red dragon. I think red dragon's great. Um, sure. <clears throat> no. And, and, and that's, uh, I, it's weird that it's the trilogy because that's the one that came, uh, the last, but it's based on the first book, mm-hmm. uh, the red dragon. Of course they made Manhunter with, uh, William, uh, William, uh, Peterson, Peterson and Brian Cox. And Brian Cox was a, a very good Hannibal Lecter. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Red Dragon featuring Anthony Hopkins as, uh, Hannibal Lecter again is really engaging. And I think, uh, I think Edward Norton is fantastic in this movie. I think Ray Fiennes is definitely fantastic in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman is Freddie Lowndes. Freddie Lowndes, I think is his, uh, name. That sounds right for some reason. <laughs> um, I, I think everybody great. is perfectly cast. Emily Watson as uh, the uh, the the blind lady that falls in love with uh, Francis Tyler Hyde. Uh, uh, Brett as the from Pulp Fiction as the <laughs> skeezy guy that wants to date her. Oh shit! I forgot that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think all three of these makes a very very good franchise. I know that Manhunter. Uh, now this is De Palma too, right? Mm. Did, who no. did? Oh, was it Michael Mann? Michael Scott. Mann. Might well you had what? What Manhunter? Manhunter. Which one? Yeah. Manhunter was Michael Mann, yes. Michael, Michael Mann. Mann. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get those confused sometimes, weirdly enough. Uh, but yeah, Michael Mann. I know Manhunter really has its fans. 
I understand it. Uh, but I think Red Dragon, uh, I, I just prefer watching it. Uh, it. It seems like it's got more of a scope to it. And I think Hannibal is underrated, man. Uh, now, that's Ridley Scott uh, doing uh, doing some crazy stuff. And I remember reading the book when it came out, uh, thinking, boy, this is some crazy stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think it's worth a watch if you haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. One of one of my other favorites, surprisingly, because it has, by the way, you check a Rotten Tomato score or an IMDb score. It's almost all of these movies have the exact same thing. Six IMDb, 54 Rotten Tomatoes aggregate is The Purge. Oh. Uh, Rotten Tomato score, the 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 lowest Rotten Tomato score aggregate, by the way, for the Purge franchise is the first Purge. Not the movie called The First Purge, the initial movie, The Purge. Uh, which is weird because that's my favorite one. But uh, I actually weirdly enjoy, well, I, I, I kind of expected to like the first one. It's got a great cast. It's got an interesting concept and everything. I thought they pulled it off very well. Did not expect to like The Purge Anarchy which I did did definitely not expect to like the purge election year. And I really liked that movie. Purge election year might be the best one. It may be. It's, it's chicky from lost. Uh, yeah. Elizabeth Elizabeth Mitchell Mitchell, another Elizabeth, uh, out there. Um, but, uh, no, I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, the first purge I thought was better than my expectations. Uh, and then I haven't seen the forever purge, but I hear it's about the same kind of, uh, thing. Yeah, we were uh, talking. Uh, I have, now I haven't watched it yet, uh, but uh, looking at the cover of the Blu-ray and everything, we were talking about how it would be cool to actually go out into the rural areas with this franchise yeah. instead yeah. of it being in the city. It looks like it might be because I think this one's in Texas. And, I mean, uh, that's what this—that's what this property does. Is yeah, a lot of it's in the city and everything, but it doesn't follow the same characters. <laughs> Sometimes mm-hmm. for a reason, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it doesn't follow the same, you know, masked vigilantes or anything like that. I think Frank, Frank Grillo was maybe in two and three, um, yeah. But uh, but I think he's the only recurring character, really. Uh, and 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 but it, it focuses on different things, and you can see how this applies to different settings. And I I dig it. I dig mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Give it the most. Yeah. Uh, and my my last one. And maybe I'm on an island, but I, I think I love, I think I really like every Paranormal Activity movie that has come mm-hmm. out, except for the, the, uh, the one, the other one, the, the, the Paranormal Activity Gangland or San Andreas or whatever the fuck they <laughs> There's do. one called the Masked Ones, I think, or the, what is it called? Isn't there a junior version? <laughs> there's a junior. Yeah, there's Top a paranormal junior. activity junior. There, there, there's also a Mrs. Paranormal activity. <laughs> <laughs> Parano- what if horror movies had junior versions of kids? Right? Uh, there was, uh, yeah, there's the marked ones. The marked uh, ones, yeah. There's the ghost dimension, which is, I think, five. Yeah, I think that's technically um, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but then there's like one that's either, and there's there, there's a couple of others that are just showing up on the IMDb here. One's called The Other Side, which I guess is coming out next year. And then there's another paranormal activity called Next of Ken, which 
has a 2021 release date. I'm wondering if it's straight to video or if it's supposed to come out or what. It could I don't be. Know. It could be. But, the Purge but one, one through four, one through four, I think is is really really good. Now three mm. is three the one with the Xbox like uh, thing or is that four? It's three probably... is the reboot. Three is the uh, prequel, right? Um. They all kind of go backwards uh, at first because remember the second one is like I think the second that, yeah, one third, is one month before the first. One. The third one is like in the eighties, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and Paranormal then, Activity Four is the one that has um, a Catherine Newton in it, right? Right, right. Um, and that's the one set uh, in modern day where they use the set, technology and they, you mm-hmm. can see Toby running around <laughs> in the fucking xbox yeah. lights and shit like right that. right right yeah that that's the one that's the one with the xbox because that's the, i remember that scene now <laughs> oh that's oh, a little man. silly but listen i dig it i i am i'm all i'm 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 good with this i like mm-hmm. the uh mm-hmm. i like mm-hmm. the 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 pretense of this i loved the first one mm-hmm. um you know had a great yeah, marketing campaign uh was supposedly the scariest movie in the history of movies. Yeah, uh, but they I, had a I great, absolutely loved it. They had a great marketing campaign that showed people in the theater with the night vision and everything, yeah. and like yeah. people all getting scared and stuff. There was this bullshit. I think it was bullshit, but it was a nice way to market the movie uh, where they were like, "Let's get a, this many signatures, and we can get this movie in theaters." By the way, movies. Uh, produced by paramount they don't have any problem problem getting (laughs) movies into theaters but they were like let's get all these signatures and we can get the movie in theaters and apparently they got enough so that they could come out with their pre-plan pre-plan release date that they always wanted um uh did we see we saw this together right barrett didn't we see this together the first one no, I yeah. saw the first one with my uh, my little nephew who was uh, who was scared to death at the time, and my cousin. okay. Uh, it's either, it's it's this or Catfish. We want I can't remember. No, we watched Catfish together for sure. Yeah, I thought Catfish was supposed to be a fucking horror movie, and I was so goddamn we disappointed. Yes, and yes, then, we, and we all walked like, out of that like uh, Barton. I was like, what the fuck? The... Naked lunch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, for some reason, and I would have picked this had I known, but I, for some reason, thought you guys, one of you guys wrote Scream Down as your franchise. And uh, I probably would have picked this one, uh, considering what had been taken and everything. Um, I'm not a, I, I will say, I'm not a big fan of part two or part three and not part four really either. Um, I'm not a big fan of them. I think they're but I think they are solid movies, two, three, two and four. Two in particular. Yeah, yeah. Yes, two for sure. That's where Wes Craven is like, he's like shooting that, like uh, like De Palma shoots the Untouchables. He's yeah. like, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that. I mean, it's it's an engaging thing. And, you know, who plays Billy's mom? Is it Jane Lynch? Or is it... Uh, Billy's mom. Oh, it's uh, uh, Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf, that's right. No, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think the, the story is good, but you're right. It's the cinematography. It's the direction that really goes up a notch. That uh, yeah, part two is one of those where it's like, eh, I I I like that one okay. It's it's not as good as the first one. I guess is is more my my main qualm, if you can call that a qualm. 
Uh, but it's got a lot of moments in it that I love. Like, you know, Randy, Randy going, fuck you. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, you know, Timothy Oliphant is fucking great in it. He is and, terrific in that, man. Yeah. Um, you know, and three is the one where they're just, it's, it's the movie set. It's got, it's kind of movie nerdy in a way. Um, it's wrapping it up. A lot of the times when you write this extra story to the main story, it's, it starts getting to this point where it's like, this has gotten a little too complex for what we were start, what we started with, because, you know, it starts off with, you know, Skeet Ulrich and, and, uh, and Matthew Lillard being killers in the first one. And then it's like, Oh, but wait, there's more. They were, they were, uh, also told to do this by this guy who was also behind the scenes. And it's like, there's always this guy behind the guy that, you know, that keeps showing up and in, in the, as they build more mythology in the movie, build more, do more world building in the movie. Um, is it three that, uh, cotton is the, uh, the, the main yes. suspect where I was just uh, going to yeah, say trying. that by, uh, by three, I'm so weary of cotton wearing, right. uh, <laughs> and he, and he keep, that what kills me about cotton weary in that movie is he's a fucking stalker. He's clear. Like Jonathan, uh, was when we, I think we send scream three, but I'm not sure if that's available anymore. Um, uh, th- <laughs> th- he was bringing up the fact that I believe that in the original draft, he is supposed to be the killer, uh, and because there's, it makes, it, it makes no sense for him to do the things he does in that movie. Yeah, if not for that, <laughs> exactly. unless you're just being guided by the movie to be a suspect because, because he keeps on showing up in the library. Hey, Sydney, <laughs> I need my 15 minutes of fame here, Sydney. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's, uh, it's man. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then four, I think four was a, was a misfire. I haven't seen it in forever, but it's, it, it's always weird to see a sequel. And this is why I'm a little, I'm a little leery of scream five, just mm-hmm. called scream. Um, uh, because when you see a movie that is now 10 to 12 years removed from where it was, uh, earlier, it hard, has a hard time blending in. There's all these, these people who weren't even like alive when the first movie came out and people who were maybe three years old when the first movie came out, who are now, you know, recognizable stars and everything. Um, I don't even remember much about Scream 4. I just remember I was disappointed as fuck in it. Yeah. All I remember um, is that false opening that just keeps going on forever and ever and ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where it's like famous people get killed and then it turns out somebody's watching them and then they get killed. And it turns out somebody's watching. It's all like a trapdoor. 30 minutes of the movie is just lies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I haven't seen that one since it came out, but uh yeah, I mean maybe maybe this new scream, maybe they uh you know, maybe it's I should good. also for those in the audience ashamed of me for not having mentioned it among my favorite franchises, I do still have love for Wrong Turn. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. I just wanted to give some airtime to another franchise <laughs> that I like even more. Does uh, uh Wrong Turn have the uh, most titties? Wrong Turn? I mean the the franchise. Oh. Hard no. to say. Mo, well, the middle ones 
don't really go for they don't really go for the nudity. Oh, really? Um, I thought that that whole thing just kind of leaned into it. Uh, it's more no that that last one that came out had an interesting premise to it. Um, we we interviewed the director of that movie, uh, mm. the last Wrong Turn that came out. Wasn't that also just called Wrong Turn? It was just called Wrong Turn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, it's going to be very hard to distinguish between a movie that's uh, the first movie and the 18th movie after a while. Um, but it had a very intriguing premise to it, uh, that, uh, I think, I think, uh, you guys might dig actually. Um, um, cause it's, it's a little bit, it's a, it's got a different, uh, it's got a different uh, perspective than the other wrong turns. Although a wrong turn into space. Right. Right. And ludicrous and Tyrese Gibson are up there getting scared of the space ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but, um, oh yeah. Uh, and one more thing. I don't think the, th- are the three, maybe Barrett is are the three of us big fans of the exorcist because that is routinely put on the top of the list of many people. We, we haven't mentioned it. Um, I, I'm okay with it. I, I've never been a huge fan of the exercise. Look, I was out of my parents' guidance and control for just one short evening. Mm-hmm. And the people placed in charge of shepherding me through those three hours put the exorcist on television. I was maybe nine. Oh, oh Damn. no. Oh no. I, I have never watched that movie again. Oh, I've mm-hmm. never watched any of those movies again oh, no. mm-hmm. um even movies that dabble in exorcisms give me the willies like the exorcism of emily rose i watched mm-hmm. but gave me a few willies but the exorcist itself is too there's like ptsd there man mm-hmm. um that scared the bejesus out of me i think the exorcist mm-hmm. is a brilliant brilliant movie uh i think uh every every performance is fantastic uh, the mom, Ellen Burstyn, mm-hmm. uh, is fantastic. The young priest and the old priest um, are fantastic. You know the 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 background, of course. Linda Blair just absolutely yeah. went went nuts, and I I think it's genuinely creepy. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant movie. As Chris and I, I think send uh, in the uh, the the cinema sense video, the opening is weird. Uh, mm-hmm. the opening really has no business being a part of that movie Not except really, for, no. for setting up Azazel or whatever the hell it is, um, as the demon. I think you can trim that a little bit, but the rest of the movie I think is, is an absolute masterpiece. Mm, yeah. Mm. I, I, I can, I can actually, I can see the genius of that movie. It's just that it's never like been a tremendous scare movie for me. Mm. I think, this is I'm the victim here of uh, way too high expectations for that movie going into the first viewing because by the time I watched it for the first time, it had been built up as the scariest movie you will ever see in your life and you will not be able to sleep afterwards and all that. And I remember watching it going, yeah, this is kind of silly. <laughs> 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 oh that silly demon silly exorcist your yeah, mother if sucks I had cocks been... in hell uh-huh yeah yeah you know what she did 
you cunty daughter. Um, laughing at his own quote. He lost it. Um, all right, that's going to do it for this week. Keep going to Syncast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. We're also on CinemaSins Twitter, Music Video Sins Twitter, Discord, and SoundCloud. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. That's got me in the Halloween spirit. This is Angela from Merrill. Mm. I guess Merrill Lynch. Could Mr. Scott please call me back? I don't have any business with Merrill Lynch. How are you going to work for Merrill Lynch and just call yourself Merrill? You yeah. can't. You can't do the Lynch. Like, what if I you're think street? That's like a flex, right? It's like if you work for, for Goldman Sachs, you say, yeah, "I work for Sachs." Do you uh, go Sachs or Goldman? I don't. Honestly, I would never work for that horrible company. So uh, it's just the first one that came to mind with two names, <laughs> like Brooks Brothers. Yeah, yeah. I, I work, work for Brooks. I work at the Brothers. <clears throat> the Brothers. <laughs> I can get you ten percent off a cheap suit. He sounds like a like a settler. And uh, like uh, like somebody that was on the Oregon Trail. His dad's name is John Scott. John <clears throat> Scott. It's a miracle neither my brother or I were named John. <clears throat> yeah, you'd be a third. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I don't want to be a third. Uh, I would well, go by J Dog or Ron John or mm, Pepper. <clears throat> Pepper. You know that uh, Johnny Depp uh, changed his name uh, in Hollywood because he he thought John Depp, which was his what he what he was called in Kentucky, he thought John Depp was sounded like a bodybuilder, so he went with Johnny. It does, but also when he stayed in that one hotel, he changed his name to Mister Donkey Penis. Mm-hmm. Is that his alias, mm-hmm. or was that his alias? It's one of the ones he used, but this was back. This is back before, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. This was back in his, like, indie wild days. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was the guy who who took all the furniture in his hotel room and uh, yeah. attached it to the ceiling. Oh, I don't know about <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was him. I'm going to have to do some Johnny Depp hotel Googling. But this is all, like, 90s, like, you know. I, I think totally if, believe if that. that kind of shit was going on now in social media days, like if Justin Bieber checked in under the name Mr. Donkey Penis, like Twitter would like break. Was that, and that was his like Jump Street days, right? When he did that. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Now you're going to make me actually Google. I'm going to actually type the words Mr. Donkey Penis <laughs> into my search engine. Well, this is not going well. I give up on my slanderous lies about Johnny Depp. I will uh, be funny if you came through and just bleep every instance of saying his name. Mm. <laughs> it's probably funny if you just keep it. You could probably even figure out who it is, though, from <laughs> the bleeping. Yeah, seriously, trashed it. $10,000 damage to a hotel room while his girlfriend... Kate Moss. Kate Moss. Jay Roach. Have I told yeah. you the my car 
reads my text messages to me, but does it in female stilted computer voice. So once my wife figured that out, she's if she knows I'm driving, she'll send me the weirdest like sexual texts. Yeah. Like (laughs) so the car lady will be like, I'll say, I got you a coffee and she'll write back, oh Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah, baby. That's what I love. I love that stuff. And the car reads it that way and it kills me every time. Oh my God. I would have a fucking field day with that. It's awesome. What the hell's going on with him? He just broke everything. Um, um, Well, I was trying to put a guitar between my legs and like masturbate it, but it was impossible to do in the fucking video. Do you ever have Dude, an idea? Opportunity missed. Do you have an idea? Do you ever have an idea for like a joke that doesn't work in anything you do? Like I, the other day, I had an idea for a montage about a guy. Like you remember in uh, Rules of Attraction, where dude from a Europe trip gives his blow by blow for three minutes of his oh, whole yeah. trip. Uh, a montage remember, where somebody's talking about like the most rockinest guy you've ever met, like the most rock and roll lifestyle guy ever. And it's a montage of a dude who's playing guitar thrashing, but in all sorts of inappropriate circumstances, like at the breakfast table or, and it culminates with him like fucking this girl from behind, but he's also (laughs) on the guitar. And I have no place for that. I have, not, I have no place for that joke in my entire life. I'm not writing any movies or shows. I don't. I don't have an idea greater than that to put that in. It's you just sitting there. Abel's four. It's mm, sitting there, could. useless you to could. me. There's a lot of things knocking around in that head of yours. There are. There really are. I don't. <laughs> I don't choose where I shop based on the owner of the brand's politics. Let's just say that. But yeah. the local Chick Fil A has been closed for almost two months for uh, upgrades, repairs, uh, renovations, and so I haven't had Chick Fil A in a really long time. Mm. Gonna... What possibly? What 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 could they have done in two months to that Chick Fil A? They added it up to. They bolstered the drive. They now have three lanes across on the drive-through. Oh, that's glorious. Chick Fil A. It has 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 absolutely thought light years ahead of yes. anyone else in yes. the drive-through process. Yes, although it is a delight. They come force out themselves they into do that. that. They, they it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. How many sauces? I'm swiping your card here. I got people they, here. They've got a fucking army out there. It's they it's could gorgeous. fix that shit if they just put more restaurants out. They could fix that shit. I don't think they need to fix that shit though. I think I don't. Got well, the, well the I do. It doesn't I matter don't if there's six thousand cars Look, in there. They got three lanes in their drive-through now, and every yeah. both times I've driven by it, they're completely fucking stacked. There's and like. It, Sixty cars in line. Sure, sure. It will still take them forty-five seconds to get through that drive-through. That is some bullshit. You're exaggerating to make a point. It's going to be fifteen, twenty minutes. No, 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 no. You exaggerated too far. I exaggerated too little. It's going to take them probably an average of four and a half minutes to get through that. Thing. The the one that is in Nashville West has the two drive through two drive-through lanes. And and if you are significantly far back in any of those lines, it takes probably ten minutes tops to get through them. Okay, 
I can that's, accept that. That's two long lines. I don't know about the three long lines and how they got uh, that fuckery going. Um, I don't also don't know how they're going to figure out how to weave three lanes because they still only have the one window. So are they like, and there's a person out there. I assume it's like a traffic cop and he just points. Okay, oh, you're, you you're go. You're way behind you on your Chick-fil-A stuff, man. Because I got a new one uh, near me. No, I'll tell you how, how it happens. So <clears throat> unlike McDonald's where it's a fucking free-for-all, with the uh, the two cars, like somebody feels like they've got their order at the same time, and they're trying to like nudge in front of you, even right. though you clearly got the order we're, in. We're, this is why the McDonald's person at the window has to ask you, "Are you the Big Mac with mm. the large fries or whatever?" Exactly. They don't know. Yeah. Chick Fil A's figured this out. So not only okay, so you got one person, your point person that you meet right at the uh, the the kind of like uh, what do they call it? A uh, 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 checkered flag. What what is the, no, the start of a that's during the really busy times, though. They don't have those people always. Okay, yeah, I've gone during the busy times. So you get the, the first person that uh, that takes your order, checks it, make sure you got everything, you swipe your card there, you're all good. Then you get the second person during the busy times. There's a second person that says, all right, where are you at right now? What's the name that you ordered this under? And you're like, all right, it's it's this. And they, uh, they say, okay, you're going to follow this white car that's – two lanes or three lanes over yep and and you say all right that's cool then you get up past that and you make the circle in there and not only do they wait for you to get to the window if somebody's order is ready for white car number one they bring that shit out to white car number one white car number one bounces off nice and then they've got you know and so on and so forth so they're efficient baby so they give preferential treatment to the white cars is that what you're saying yes shockingly chick-fil-a probably does mm-hmm. uh we should you know in case this ends up making even the outtakes we should state that you know i do disagree with the politics of the man who created the brand of chick-fil-a i, I just disagree with everything that true kathy and his uh his i just you know i can't i i truly believe if that's how you make your decisions you will have nowhere to eat and nowhere to shop and nowhere to buy gas for your car and i refuse to be selective about it um especially especially six months ago when the internet was literally telling me to boycott Publix and Kroger. And I'm like, the fuck? You want me to go to Walmart? I know yeah. they're evil. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to shop at an evil grocer. I have to. I'm sorry. I need food. My father-in-law went pretty far in the process of trying to get his own Chick-fil-A. That's how I know that they have like regional limits. That's why they don't have two restaurants in any city like mine. Um <clears throat> And, you know, there's no like, are you a bigot? Yes or no checkbox. You know, the only checkboxes that I think is actually interesting is they force you. You have to be the managing operator. You can't buy a Chick-fil-A and then hand it off to somebody you hire to run it. You have to be the dude in there. Uh, But there's no like questionnaire about how you feel about gay rights or anything like that. I don't know the guy that runs my Chick-fil-A shares the same beliefs as this owner guy but i know there's a bunch of decent teenagers there that probably deserve you know to work and get paid and they make really good chicken i bet you you go far enough up kfc's ladder you're gonna find some somebody you don't like who donated to somebody you don't like yeah uh i mean that's the thing right the chick-fil-a that when all the that news came out about them you started seeing all the stories about, well, you know, I'm gay and I work at Chick-fil-A and blah, 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 blah. And it's, you know, they don't go to work based on politics either. So it's, it's, <laughs> they make a good product. 
you know it's it's you know that's honestly at the end of the day almost every ceo of almost every company has donated to somebody you don't like you just can't I don't. I don't go for that kind of politics. I you go for also, personal politics. I treat people around me as kindly as possible. <clears throat> you also find out that most of these companies have donated to both parties because yeah. they're they're trying to get in good with everybody. Yeah, uh, that was what was the whole thing with uh, you know when Ice Cube got under fire for like uh, talking or or doing something. I can't remember. Did he talk to Donald Trump? I can't remember what it was he did, but he's like. I talk to everybody. I want, I want, I have, I have, you know, some, some, some things that I'd like to fix in this country. And you go to the person in power and you talk to that person. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's not, I'm, it's not like I'm a Trumpy all of a sudden. <laughs> he didn't come out and quite say that. Yeah. Like there, some guy on CNN was ragging on Andrew Yang for going on Fox. Well, first of mm-hmm. all, I could do a whole thing on Andrew Yang. Who well, has, he went on Tucker Carlson. Dude. It's more than Fox. Yes. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yes. But still, at this point, Andrew Yang, who I would rather make jokes about, has stated, I'm starting a new party. I'm not a Democrat anymore. So, of course, he's going to go on the leaning Republican news channel to try and address he's going to try and pull voters from both parties he's going to be wildly unsuccessful and i'm going to enjoy it but um it makes perfect sense for him maybe not tucker carlson but it makes perfect sense for him to go on a republican leaning show on fox and try and reach that audience just because he went on the show just because he went on the show Mm. anyway Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i think there's i think there's plenty of other shows he could have picked other than tucker i I agree with that and and i didn't realize it was tucker carlson but still Mm. like Okay, number one. This is maybe <laughs> no, the, no. Uh, I, I know what you're saying. This is maybe the first Andrew Yang shout out on uh, Sincast. Listen, he does. went from I like what he says about universal basic in- income to he just wants to win. He just wants to win a race somewhere, yeah, and yeah. it's super disappointing to me. And didn't he uh, moved to didn't he run for mayor of New York, governor? He did mayor. But, like, he, he moved had only to New York moved City. In- Yes. For like three weeks before. And he was, he was trounced. And he also went around town saying some of the most ridiculous, stupid shit. <clears throat> He's just, it's all performative with that guy. And I'm, I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yang. It's Man. probably all performative with most of them, to be honest. But, yeah. Yeah. Now that's a good idea. I could run for mayor. <laughs> <laughs> Fiddle park.